0: Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. And historically, one of the themes of, of Advent has been hope, as, as, uh, as, as Beth took us into this morning, as many of the songs took us into consider this morning. Um, and we're going to lean into hope all of uh, these four weeks of Advent. That's what we're going to make our theme Uh, So in a couple minutes here this morning, we're actually going to pose some questions to everybody who's joining us here in Zoom or on Facebook and have a little bit more of an interactive Sunday. Uh, We'll be asking for you to um, to respond to some questions in the chat or flip on your camera and your mic if you'd like to respond that way uh, in a minute. Um, But uh, to set the stage here, many advert reflections point to two figures from the Bible who had profound experiences of hope being sparked in them, uh, and uh, and I, I thought it'd be fun for us to begin by looking at them. That's Simeon and Anna. This is an elderly man and an elderly woman who were each present at the temple in Jerusalem when Jesus's parents were uh, brought him uh, in as a baby, as an infant, uh, for being presented to the Lord, which is a ceremony similar to uh, what today we might have infant baptism or baby dedications, and so. Jesus is being presented to the Lord. And the story in Luke's gospel, chapter two, is that Simeon and Anna separately see Jesus, this baby, and then have these, Incredible spiritual experiences of feeling God console and move them and bring them peace. And it's so incredible that they leave. Uh, be, apparently, they told everybody they knew uh, that they had this experience seeing this baby. And Simeon essentially says, Now I can die happy that I have seen this baby, Jesus. And I love this because, like, Seeing a child brought all of this and it, like a, a baby, right? And some we can we can hear that and think, oh yeah, like I love seeing babies. There's nothing quite like the light up a room like a baby. But I love that because it feels like a picture of what hope can do to empower us, to strengthen us. All we get when we see a baby is hope. We don't get immediate gratification, right, on anything. All we get is like the potential, what is coming. And I I think often today we confuse hope with optimism. Optimism is great, uh, but it's about externals. And hope is internal. So I think optimism is what we feel when things outside of us point toward a better future. When we hear good news, when we notice change, oh look, change is happening. When an election goes our way to throw out an example and all that is great. Optimism is so, uh, we need optimism. We need to feel that uh, I think to, to have a, a healthy life it is so good for our hearts, yay optimism. But hope I think is this different thing that's internal. It's not dependent on external good news. It is sparked by things like seeing God in a baby. It is feeling the promise and the potential for a future regardless of the present. And that is a different thing. I think that's really important. That, that is internal, it's, it's spiritual even. And therefore I think it is more resilient. It can serve us even when we don't have external reasons to feel optimistic as this passage from Jeremiah that, hope, that, uh, that um, Beth takes us into this morning that brings us to: we have to have hope because the external reality is like, eh, it kind of sucks. In our fall series, uh, the, uh, this this past fall here at the church, as we were leading up to the election, I was struck by a comment from one of our guests, uh, Sammy De Pasquale, who works on the border of El Paso and Ciudad Juarez. He said that it's in dark times when we don't have a lot of external evidence to be optimism, uh, to be optimistic. It's in those times that we need hope the most because hope is what's going to get us through those dark times. That's why we distinguish between hope and optimism. And so I think the challenge uh, that I wanna present us with for this series as we lean into hope today with an interactive uh, conversation going forward as we have uh, other reflections and discussions that we'll do here on these Sundays in December, uh, what we wanna do is challenge us. Hope is a necessity for us right now. Like without it, cynicism will eat us alive. And so we really need to take this seriously. There, there is no guarantee that we will have evidence by the end of this month that, it, that makes us more optimistic. And so we need to find hope. Otherwise, cynicism will eat us a lot. America's like, you know, regularly scheduled programming might give us some things to feel optimistic about, but it is not a guarantee. And so what can we do to lean into hope, that internal thing that's on us to kindle? that we can find no matter what the outside circumstances present us. Simeon and Anna are our models for this. We went from this passage in Luke two, that I, that is just a classic passage to look to during Advent. It says that they were waiting for the consolation of the Lord. The, 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 they were waiting for the Lord, for consolation, for their hearts, for consolation for their nation, Israel. And so when God showed up in the form of a baby, they saw it, it did not pass them by. And so that's what we want to do. So uh, as we go forward each Sunday, we're gonna have like a different, uh, we're gonna lean into a different context in which we might need hope because we may not get things to make us optimistic. And so uh, some of the things that Kyle and I thought about ahead of time as we planned for this is hope even when divided America is your family, right? Like that, that is some way where we may not get actually reason to feel optimistic by the external evidence presented to us. We gotta find hope inside because there's, no, there's nothing out there. Uh, hope even when nine months of isolation are behind us and there's still exactly no clear end in sight. We may not get better evidence right now. What do we do? Where can we find something internally, spiritually? So to start this uh, and partly to get everyone's feedback because we wanna make sure we're addressing the right things. We wanna make sure that the context that we bring up over these next three weeks can, uh, going forward are the right things, but also partly because we just thought this would be a great thing to uh, to for everybody to kind of pool resources together, brainstorm together about where we can find hope. This is where we want to start. So. Uh, first off, get yourself into a position where you're hovering over your keyboard. Or if you would like to, uh, to uh, flip on your camera and join us that way, flip on your microphone and join us that way, we would love that. We will be so happy for you to engage that way. But if you'd prefer to interact in the chat, Jen will be watching there and making sure that we don't miss anything there. Uh, so my first thought for us is around this I- idea of, uh, of of feeding hope that is internal. Uh, another one of our guests uh, from this fall series, Joey Rodil, talked about how feeding hope, what he's doing is he's not following news as much as he used to. Instead, what he is following, whether that's like, what is he paying attention to online or what is he paying attention to in in terms of like other people around him? What he's paying attention to is people who are doing the work was the phrase he used. People who are inspiring. And so my question here is, what are you following that feeds hope in you, that internal thing? Who are you seeing that's doing the work that like, oh, sparks something in you?
1: I will say this, that the whole last series was helpful to me, particularly talking, I think talking to Sammy Pasquale was one of those people of, of hearing somebody trying to actively work at the border and actively not just talk about the heartbreaking issues at the border, but somebody who's actually there doing things. Um, it moved from just the, the deep heartbreak of the moment to um, for me feeling like, okay, there's hope because, you know, he's seeing real things each day in the midst of that.
2: I got some, some fun stuff from the chat here. Uh, uh, Barbie just uh, uh, said AOC is like a big. Um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, our uh, Congresswoman, uh, very progressive out there, um, gives her hope. Um, and you know, uh, I found a very inspiring AOC was uh, like raised, just like hopped online and streamed some playing, herself playing some games the other day. And uh, raised seventy five thousand dollars for hunger, Um, and we know that's a huge problem uh, right now. And it's really reassuring to see a politician actually get something done, (laughs) and to get aid to people, you know. Um, So I think that was that's reassuring in the midst of a lot of inaction.
0: Love this, Jen. I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, the mention of uh, my block, my hood, my city. Can you tell us uh, like what uh, what is inspiring about my block, my hood, my city?
2: Yeah. uh, I was kind of going off of what, you know, uh, Joey's kind of comment, looking for the organizations and the people that do the work. Uh, Mm. That's, that's what I've been following for a long time. For those of you who um, aren't familiar, Uh, it's this uh, young man, I believe Jamal Cole is his name um, from the South side. And he does, is a community organizer. He has a book, he uh, does a ton for the community. um, And it's just a movement to like, I don't know. Take back, like, take ownership and take back neighborhoods and uh, by the people who actually live there. And you know, mm. and how can you be more effective than like you know supporting the people who, and listening to the people who actually live there rather than you know white people on the on the uh, north side prescribing solutions. Uh, you know what we think is best, which is very patronizing and uh, and not effective because we don't we don't know we don't understand what the issues are. Um, a, a, few, a few more, um, that are interesting, uh, Joe just shared, uh, Dr. Catherine Hayo on Twitter, she's a climate scientist, um, who talks about how this is not a political issue. Um, even though people have been put on the sidelines of this issue, care a lot about the same things. Um, and a lot of conversations can bring connection on this. I would agree. I find Excellent. that's really powerful, um, not just in the climate change context, but in a political context as well. Um, you know, I, I will be honest; I don't have like as much strife in my family with politics, but I do have a lot of f- friends, and like I I do know a lot of people that disagree with me a lot politically. But it is kind of crazy when you um, get out of the binary context of like a Democrat Republican um, thing, and you find actually how much you can agree on. Um, when it's just an issue. Like uh, the example I'll use is, well, just like uh, progressive ideas and and ideas that help people are overwhelmingly popular. Like everyone can agree, like we need better minimum wage. We need stronger worker protections. Like these are things like anyone can agree on Um, and not everyone, but you will find there are a lot of things that can unite us. I think that's really cool. Anyway, that like you start talking about the issues and um, they can be connecting.
0: Love this, love this. Uh, so I just uh, took a look here at the chat and just kind of scrolled backward uh, in, in Zoom here. And uh, I'm seeing a huge list of things. One of our goals for the, this is perfect. I mean, like uh, the, that all of these things are coming out. One of our goals here is that we are all being teachers and models to each other right now. Like th- this, is, this is impossible for, for any of us. Like the, the information comes so fast that, that uh, affects that level of optimism versus pessimism for us, that it is impossible for any one person to filter all on their own. And the idea here of feeding that internal thing, trying to make sure that we're sparking hope, like looking at the baby Jesus and just really, oh, good things are happening in the world. And I feel it inside me, even if I look around and, you know, and, 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 and the greater evidence is hard. One, one thing we need to do is we just need to need to like ask each other. We need to turn to the person to our left and, and to our right and say like, what is feeding hope in you? And there is a huge, huge list right here. Already we're seeing, you know, things come in. And, oh, like I actually, I, I follow that too. That's great. Uh, we can follow that together. Like maybe this is a connecting point for some of us. Um, what, uh, there's a lot of things here coming out. Um, uh, Kyle or Jen just kind of help make sure that I'm not missing any. What else did uh, people throw out? Even if it's just a laundry list.
1: Uh, You know, Abby was throwing out um, The Black Liturgies by Cole Arthur Riley. Um, I I think what I have found, so I was, I think the heart of this question for me came out a few years ago when I was listening to Tanahasi Coates talk on an interview about systemic racism. And at the end of it, it was like, so that seems pretty bleak. What's the hope? And his answer was like, I'm a journalist. I'm a writer. I don't, my job is not to give you hope you find hope from from your spiritual communities. You find hope from your activists. You find hope from those people. And I have found that deeply meaningful. And I agree. I think mm. there's a lot of, uh, I find a lot of hope. I think about not only just uh, some of the Black liturgists that have been really helpful in the midst of all of the growing um, awareness of existing systemic racism, but also if you think about some of the field organizers, uh, listening to people that are not just political pundits, but people who are actually like on the ground in Georgia that are like trying to get people registered. You talk to, hear some of those people speak and they are just brimming with hope after actually like interacting and being with people. Um, and I think I deeply uh, resonate with that.
0: Yeah, this, this, I mean, that gets back to this idea of um, what is the, like, what, what, why do we gather here on Sundays? Like, what's the point? I love, I love this idea of like to fuel hope, like that is a, it's, it's actually not to like come up with brilliant ideas or to, you know, to understand things better. What, what, it what is, uh, what does Jesus do when Jesus shows up in a place fuels hope? And I think that that is a really worthwhile um, that's a, that's a really worthwhile reason for us to, to come together and make sure that we're, that we're creating space for everybody to hear like what what's feeling it in you and what's feeling it in you and what's feeling it in you um, I saw uh, the idea of like let's let's commute this over to our, our discord online community as a place that this can kind of keep going I love that idea uh, we will make sure uh, uh, that all of this, that everybody has written so far is captured. And, uh, and we we can kind of paste that over and it can just be a list that you can go through and think, man, if you need to fuel some hope, like it can be, it can be a sort of like a, a, a reaction, you know, like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling down. Where can I go where something might spark something inside me? This can be a resource to you, or it can be just something that kind of like, continues us on going forward where we just, hey, we're following something new. We're paying attention to new things so that hope doesn't miss us when it passes by so that cynicism doesn't win. Um, Anything else, before we just move on to uh, a a, a sort of the flip side question, uh, Jen, anything else that people are throwing out that feels worth uh, just throwing into the mix?
2: Yeah, uh, Vivian um, just put this really beautifully. Um, Anyone can come from a place um, of enough love to push through the par- paralyzing fear that tries to deactivate us.
0: Yes. Yes. Um,
2: I, yeah. I think. I think that is so powerful. Um, it's almost like a reprogramming. Like we. We need to, and and maybe this is part of, what Jesus is telling us to live differently in this world. Is like we need to reprogram ourselves against the cynicism. Against uh, the cultural messages and like, how can we how can we stay strong and how can we hold the good news and hold the hope? Um, and that, I think that's one of the things um, he's asking us to do in this world. Um, and it's so hard because everything culturally and uh, is is crushing us from all sides. Um, so trying to like reprogram that thinking.
1: It's it's so important because. Uh, the thing that motiv- demotivates us or the thing that works against change and good in this world usually falls on one or two sides. One is apathy. You don't feel like the problem really affects you or you just don't care. Or the other one, which I would say is probably more true for people in this community, is shame or fear or the weight of it paralyzing us. It's the sense of I'm, I should be doing more or uh, this problem's too big. And I think what hope does is it cuts through both of those things. When you're truly feeling hopeful, it's because you understand what is happening here. When you feel hopeful, you, you're not being apathetic because you can't feel hopeful without feeling moved to care. And at the same time, hope cuts through shame. Hope cuts through fear. Hope is the thing that actually motivates real change. And then honestly, it is actually the like the story of the Bible is people finding hope when the evidence in front of them doesn't show it. And it's it's finding ways of, uh, this is why the Psalms have always been so powerful. This is why the reciting of the, the story of the Exodus has always been so powerful. For the Jewish people, it's remembering those times and holding on to hope, even when the majority story of the Bible is that the the protagonists of the Bibles are usually are the oppressed and those without power, those who are not seeing hope in front of them, but see a baby Jesus show up in the midst of it a, as a, as a helpless child shining hope into our life. And so, I just I that's well said. Thank you.
0: Oh, that's great. And just to, just to um, sweep up and add uh, to the mix here, all the last things I've seen come in the chat here is uh, the Spanish chef, uh, Jose Andres, who is um, uh, head of World Central Kitchen. Uh, that was a, a charity that uh, Brownline has given to in the past uh, that does uh, a lot to feed disadvantaged communities around the world. Uh, the Wholesome Memes account, Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight Action. Uh, just awesome, awesome stuff. Again, we will capture all of this. So if you missed this or if you're on Facebook and so you're not seeing uh, the, uh, the chats that we're seeing in Zoom, um, we uh, will make sure uh, that you can see them if you join in on our, on our Discord. Oh, and I'm seeing over on Facebook, I just wanted to check. And there is uh, See No Stranger by Valerie Corr uh, is uh, a book that is giving Val hope. So thank you for that, uh, Val. Well, so let me flip this question. This is great. Um, again, we're trying to be models and teachers to each other to uh, to show what we, we all need each other's help to find hope. The flip kind of side of question of this is: um, in what contexts in your life is is it a struggle to feel optimistic? So you especially need hope. So what contexts? Like, is it family? Is it career or work? Is it your neighborhood? Is it parenting? Is it being American, you know, uh, what are the contexts? whether it's one of those things that I've thrown out or something else, we want to hear what, uh, honestly, uh, volume is more helpful than anything else here. So please throw your answer in the chat, just so we can see, uh, and kind of get a picture of like, what's hardest for us right now? Where are we feeling so pessimistic that we need that internal hope to help us? Go ahead and throw yeah, it in so the chat right now.
1: Yeah, especially if you're leaning into that dichotomy of, of optimism not being hope. Like, well, <laughs> there's places in my life that I'd, I'd struggle to feel optimism. I'm not feeling particularly optimistic. Uh, so feel free to throw that in the chat or say something here. Absolutely. Just to say to ben, what you I think ben, that- I, What are we seeing Kyle? What are we seeing? I just uh, Ben hit something with just a personal isolation. I mean, I think this is one thing it, the traumatic impact of living through a pandemic that has no end date. I think is it has if, if we had an end date, I think we it might even feel easier. But holding into optimism that this is gonna feel better. I think you know, I remember saying back in April. I can imagine this next week. I just can't imagine a month from now. Um, And now we are like six months from now and we're still doing this. Absolutely, the feeling optimism in the midst of uh, the isolation of the pandemic, absolutely.
0: Yes, great thing. So, so again, just uh, we would love for you to drop in the chat, even if it's just one word, what are the contexts where you really struggle to feel optimistic and so you need hope right now? That can be family, that can be career or work, it can be in your neighborhood, it can be parenting, it can just be in general, like being an American. uh, We want to hear from you because it's just really helpful for us to see just as a a block, like how many people uh, have have overlap. You know, what are the areas that people are most struggling with? When we look at our community, Uh, please drop that in. I'm seeing right now, uh, people are saying, yes, that no uh, no aid package is going to come again uh, from Congress. And just how challenging that feels to those of us who are living in poverty or living closer to poverty in our community or in our circles that are connected to our community, or for those who are involved in small businesses, and so their livelihood is affected in sort of a long-term way. Absolutely. I'm seeing uh, ongoing health concerns and issues. Absolutely. Like what what uh, when we are all having to Uh, uh, ask extra questions before we even show up to a doctor. How are we going to address our ongoing health issues that have nothing to do with COVID as well as COVID itself? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah. Personal isolation.
1: I, I I deeply resonate with what Barbie said. I probably, the area that I struggle to feel optimism is how does our world get better when we live in a world where uh, people just take facts differently, like how we consume information. Um, and you just have people that are just operating off of different information. How how do we get to a place where we bridge our divide when it's not even about reasoning each other, it's about what we are, how people are even just starting with different facts. I, I think that's certainly a place um, that I struggle f- to feel optimism. And I would say there's, a, there's some... Some real health, and even just saying these things aloud. I mean, there's there's this belief that in 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 private and in dark uh, things grow. And I think even just naming, I think there's almost something scary about saying I feel pessimistic here. Like I don't, uh, you know, especially when you're talking about personal issues, like you know, job, relationship, family. Those are there's almost like if I say this out loud, am I giving life to it? And I think it's the exact opposite. I think when it's when we're holding these things in, not that you need to throw it in this chat, um, but certainly if something is sparked in here, I would I would suggest sharing it because it's one that's hidden that I think it gets most life. And when it's brought forward, I think that's the opportunity to find find some hope in that.
0: Yeah, what about future for school? For those of us who are in school, what do we do with that? How will things look different? What what is gonna be the ongoing cost of having to had a whole year, maybe even more of school uh, this way, in, in pandemic world, what, what 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 does that lead to for the future? It is so hard to feel optimistic in those places. Yeah, absolutely. I'm seeing personal change. I'm seeing more people say ongoing health concerns and issues. I'm seeing yes, overcoming a, a physical or emotional one. Like how how are we supposed to do the 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 normal things of growing up and maturing and moving on in our lives when we when we're in this sort of weird place in between temporary and permanent where everything's kind of put on hold. What, what, what do we do with just the, you know, the, the personal growth that we were working at, and, and now everything just feels so interrupted?
2: Uh, Beth mentions uh, racial justice, um, just feeling like the needle isn't moving. Um, you know, feeling like the, the dialogue is still the same. You know, years later, like, and um, we keep retreading these old discussions. And then uh, Vivian, uh, when when we're too tired or weary to feel energy for stepping into visions for good, yeah, it's like we're we're just too weary to like to keep uh, the focus on hope. It's hard. It's exhausting. It costs something. Um, Haley is mentioning prison abolition, uh, Trump's execution mm. policies, last minute execution, COVID nineteen, and those in incarceration is. Is huge, it's uh, absolutely terrifying what's happening in our prison system right now um, with COVID. And we know that um, prisoners aren't typically listened to for health issues, right, uh, right. you know, and and it's spreading like wildfire. Um, Kezia mentioned um, not being able to do the things I find fulfilling. Um, oh, it's Angela, ha, well, I was gonna say I like acting. I was like, is Kezia have an acting background? I'm kidding, uh, because so much is shut down. Um, I yeah, I have such a heart for my. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people in the performing arts community as well, and it's it's your entire livelihood. Is like oh, that's I'm right. Old. Your entire, not just your
0: livelihood. Your your passion, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
2: Barbara, I just want to hug friends. Like yes,
0: <laughs> yes. What about other yeah. people who like who need physical connection to feel loved? Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Erica echoing a lot of things we've said ambivalence about issues in the city that mainly impact communities of color on the west and south sides mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think I think this time has brought out just a lot of the you know most ugly aspects I think of Chicago you know and a lot of these things have been laid bare that's really really hard um, to see right um,
0: mm. everyone thank you so much for engaging this I mean I just feel like we're getting such a this this is a much harder question, a much more like oh my god, okay, everybody lay your soul bare. Uh, but you all are are I think what the useful thing of this is one we can see that we're not alone because a lot of us are echoing what others are saying. The other useful thing in this is is just kind of recognizing what are the themes that we're all struggling with that it, that it, it's really important for us as 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 we try to make our services on Sunday, hope fuel, hashtag hope fuel, as we've already established for today. Uh, as, as we try to, to, uh, to work that, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to make sure that we're spending time and and slowing down and inviting God into if we really believe that there is a, a chance to to spark hope from within that doesn't have to happen with external circumstances changing, but we have a God that we can actually experience change our experience of the, the things around us uh, from within. If we wait, if we sit, if we pull ourselves uh, away from our screens or pull ourselves away from just the pace of life and allow ourselves to, to feel that if we do that, can we experience hope? But Absolutely. We need to in a lot of spaces. So it's just, it's so it, it, it is touching to me to, to for everybody to participate this way and where we can see like these are the areas that we need this these are the areas that we need to slow down in
1: yeah and the the loss that you know, all of us are feeling with with uh, where we are in our lives. I mean, the as Elizabeth and Haley are both talking. I mean, the as parents, mm. the loss we feel on behalf of our children, especially those that have to go through transition of like welcoming new life into the world in this moment. Um, and, and nobody's the met of, them yet. Yeah, yes. I mean, they're beautiful. That's a beautiful girl right there. I'm just legit, but it, there is to feel. The loss of this moment. I think it's important for us in this season, as we look towards Advent, as we look towards the season that is meant to be full of hope, um, that we can't we can't it becomes trite when we pretend that the evidence around our world is just feeding optimism. It becomes trite if we're not acknowledging the loss and the areas that feel like loss and feeling hopelessness. Once we acknowledge those, I think Jesus meets us with hope, a hope that is actually able to not be based on our circumstances, but it is important that we don't bypass the pieces in our life that do feel like loss because then it just becomes trite Platitudes of "Oh, the world's working out great," isn't it wonderful? That that is not the message of Jesus, and that's not the message that we want to give as a community. We want to fuel real hope.
0: Well, we have uh, we have pooled uh, everybody's uh, responses on who out there is sparking hope in you as we as we reflect on this idea of of seeing the baby Jesus sparking hope in Simeon and Anna. We have asked. In what context do we feel like we really struggle to find optimism so we need that hope? The last thing I wanna ask is to kind of, once again, the, we all have lots to offer each other, and we may feel like in the aggregate, we are really struggling overall to, uh, to, to, to pursue hope internally. But I'm betting that there is at least one thing that every single person on this call is doing that can influence or teach another person on this call. And so that's the last thing I want to ask about. We are big believers that uh, uh, in a phrase that we borrow from Father Richard Rohr, that we have to live ourselves into new ways of thinking. If we want to have a different outlook, if we wanna have a more hopeful outlook, if we want that internal thing to be true of us where hope is just sparked and we, can, we, we feel like we've, we can die happy as Simeon said, we have to live ourselves in into those new ways. We can't just like read it in a book and then think that that will change our way of thinking. We have to actually practice things, do things practically, concretely in our lives that can help us to our, our practice to catch up to what we want to believe, what we want to be our outlook. And so that's what we're asking uh, right now is what are you practically doing that is feeding hope? And again, I I refuse to believe that anyone on this call doesn't have at least one thing that is feeding hope internally for them. So what is one thing that you are doing that you can throw in to our chat to, to add to everybody else's repertoire?
1: Absolutely, long walks. I, I will just add: be getting outside when the opportunity happens. Absolutely feeds. Uh, it's it's funny how much even just breaking out of the the bubble of our houses, mm-hmm. exercise. Absolutely, because
2: I like what Ben said. He said, uh, it, and it totally makes sense with the long walks. It's easier to act yourself into right thinking than to, to think yourself mm. into right action. So it's like it's like literally move your body, literally like move your body in space, get it out of your house you know, it, 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 sometimes I like roll my eyes at myself, and I'm like, oh, walks are boring, you know, and i like, why would, why don't I need to go on a walk, like, blah, you know, and, but I just try to get myself excited and like put on a podcast, something I really want to listen to, it's like taking intentional time for me, or like, you know, and, uh, breaking out of the monotony, right, because that's how you reprogram your brain, you have to get out of the, uh, the shell.
0: Well said, um, well said.
2: Some other cool things, um, Alicia, trying to make sure I do something for each area of my well-being, um, the physical, the mental, emotional, and spiritual every day. I love that, like having awareness. Maybe that's like, if you journal, that's like something you could journal, um, you know, trying to take care of those areas. Um, Maria, grateful for telehealth therapy. I will amen to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's a cool thing. That can, that can stay around forever, right? We all need that convenience um daily family calls texts funny meme text with friends yeah i'm seeing like using all the tools at are disposal uh to stay in touch you know even if it's a simple way sending a stupid meme or something um yeah i'll let you guys uh take take some more of them a-
1: yeah, there's a lot of really good stuff here. I would Christina earlier so said of being with kids, you know, it is rough. I'm not gonna lie. Kids in pandemic, no joke, okay, especially in remote learning. However, there are moments that are that that break through it all when they're when you have a kid that's laughing that is hard to feel anything but hope. Um, and I'll also say, you know, hearing what uh, Jerry and Viv, from Jerry is saying, I think there's a sense of fueling hope when we're doing something not for ourselves. Uh, you know, mm. all of the ways that in this last year, we've tried to figure out whether it's through writing letters or caring for people or delivering meals, those little moments when we are, we're looking towards other people, absolutely feel that.
0: Uh, for me, I'm going to co-sign on Barbie's uh, a cup of coffee. I can't tell you how many days, probably more often than it should be. Uh, I just think like, I need to pick me up, but like, I don't actually need caffeine. I just like, you know, everything else is just tanking. The mood is tanking, but you know, what tastes delicious and just like makes me like, it's like a Pavlovian response because usually when, uh, like my most consistent ritual with coffee is in the morning when I have to myself before anyone else gets up and I try to pray and I try to slow down, and I try to meditate and it's always really peaceful to me. I do it with coffee. And so coffee is just like, oh yeah, you know what? It's 10 a.m. It's time for my second cup of coffee. I'll make decaf, I'll be good. But uh, it's just, it, that, honestly, that sparks hope in me because it's like, I can do the next few hours when I have that mm. cup of coffee.
1: I will, I'll also resonate with Beth a little bit. Just seeing Christmas lights, it's almost like, oh, that's a normal thing, right? Like, we're okay, we're still doing that, thank God. Like it's, uh, and I think there's something about seeing Christmas lights. I don't know what it is, but it does, it makes the world full of possibilities. I'll also throw in there just Christmas movies in general. Anything with their kids discovering Santa on the North Pole or magic involved, any of those types of things. It's the it's that is a hope-fueling thing. TikToks too for sure. I have some friends. Creativity. That, yeah.
0: Sorry, Kyle, I cut you off. I just, I just saw that. I think, yes, there are still some ways to be creative right now, right? That's good.
1: Uh, well, I was just saying, I know some friends found that TikTok is made, the laughing at TikTok is, is getting them through the pandemic, so. Um.
2: Uh, Lynn over on Facebook uh, just mentioned greeting everyone um, in her assisted living facility and treating everyone with kindness, just trying to yes. to, to be that spark, you know, for the people you do um, can have contact with.
0: Love this. I feel like there's still a little bit more. Let's hang on a bit longer.
2: Uh, Vivian just mentioned listening to uplifting talks and music and nature, um, as well as uh, uh, friends and family. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Yoga with Adrienne, did we mention that? She's great. If, if, if anyone's not aware that you come up
0: before, I feel like, I feel like we, we deserve some sort of like, you know, like kickback for this. We, I, uh, think
2: yeah, I know seriously. a lot of people that way. <laughs> uh, she's, she's huge. I mean, she's like brought yoga to so many people. I feel like.
1: We're again, comfortable with a little silence here. So We just wanna make sure that this space for us to Ken Burns. It's good, I like that. I actually, to I, I history I like. Sometimes diving into history is helpful for me to realize people have been through a lot and that you know holding on to MLK's quote of the the arc of the moral universe is long but it bends towards justice it feels hard to believe that when I'm looking in the last like 10 years Um, but as I as I read history and see the way that we as a a human humanity has evolved that sometimes does it helps me feel a little bit better about where we are today when I'm looking throughout uh, the way things have been throughout history. Oh, funny shows, absolutely like shit's creek, absolutely just things that help you just laugh with a little bit of meaningfulness in there for sure.
0: This is good. Doesn't everybody feel the hope just increasing? Did you know that no I mean, I haven't actually had a, a news app up, but I don't think anything external has changed in the last hour <laughs> since we've been together. Nothing. But you all feel more hopeful, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's real, it exists, all of this that we're talking about. Hope is actually an internal thing that can change. That's incredible, wow. Uh, one, one last note that we wanted to make um, that uh, Kyle mentioned earlier this week is the link between hope and thankfulness, which is really a, an important link uh, to, uh, to lean into this week. Uh, Kyle, you had an idea for us as we close up today. Um, uh, tell, tell us what you were thinking. Yeah,
1: so there's been a few different studies. I find that uh, people who regularly practice intentional thankfulness tend to also report to be happier. Um, it was something like, Uh, like 60% 60 happier when you look at like at the end of the day they've had these things where you check in and on a scale from 1 to 10 how happy you are Um, and people that said that they at some point in that day paused to say something they were thankful for 60% of them reported being happier than the group that did not do that I think there's a real key piece of finding hope is also founded in seeing what is hopeful in our life I think the the Jewish tradition um, teaches us this and how frequently as I was saying earlier they go back to the story of the Exodus. There's a sense of like, to feel hope from the future, we must remember from the hopeful things that happened in our past. When we were faced with Uh, eternal slavery, when we were faced with oppression, God freed us from the exodus. And so in the midst of being in the Babylonian exile, in the midst of being under Roman occupation, there's like we're going to go back to that. Um, And so what we're going to do is once we finish up here, we're going to have time. If you want to hang out with us for a little while afterwards, where we can have breakout rooms, also this being the week of Thanksgiving, where we're just going to get a chance to go around and share what we're thankful for with each other um, as a way to fuel hope actively here today. So if you want to stick around once we wrap up. We'll create some breakout rooms, depending on how many folks are with us. And we'll just simply go around and say, what what are things that you're feeling thankful for? Uh, Because we understand um, that there is a correlation between the thankfulness of the past and the hope we feel for the future.
0: Well said, well said. So if you uh, would like to join in on one of uh, those breakouts, if we have enough, people we'll, we'll create a couple. Uh, if not, we'll, we'll uh, just keep this main room uh, open for people who are just going to share some things, uh, so, uh, some gratitude uh, from either the past year or recently or whatever it is, uh, and have some other people see that and make eye contact with you, at least through virtual, and just be like, wow, that is great. We celebrate that with you. We're with you in what that the hope that that brings to you. Well, this has been awesome. Um, I, it, it is so great to actually like um, see and and note that hope is actually a thing, uh, and it can change in us. Um, and and uh, and a lot of that is is just kind of forcing us into into a space where it's it's so hard to connect right now with other people. But if we do it, look at what happens. So, uh, Kyle, would you pray for us before we uh, finish with some announcements for today? Gladly.
1: Oh God, we. We ask that you be with us. We acknowledge the parts of us that do not feel innately optimistic, the parts of us that look at the world around us and are not filled with positive versions of what's next or struggle to imagine a positive version of what's next. We just acknowledge that. We don't pretend it's not true. We don't skip past it. We just name those things, you know, our career, our relationships, our struggling with the pandemic, the realities of the systemic injustices of our country, the realities of our bodies being uh, frail and needing healing, the losses we've experienced. And we ask right now that you would fuel us with hope, fill us with hope that is not based off of a re-evaluation of the facts, is not based off of an evaluation of our circumstances that all of a sudden have changed, but is fueled from somewhere deep, somewhere external, somewhere from you fueling into us, that we would feel hope. Hope. And Lord, draw our attention to the things in our life that feed that Let us build in practices that build that. Let us keep uh, disciplines that feed it. And pray that as a community, we can be a support to each other that are always building each other up, always helping each other more easily access hope. Not feed lies to each other about a different version of reality than we're meeting, but one that speaks hope in the light of darkness. Speaks goodness in the face of evil, those who speak connection in the face of disunity, those who are with each other in this life. I pray that today and I pray that tomorrow and I pray that every day. Amen.